All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Fitness Education Online Podcast, the podcast where fitness professionals go to grow their fitness business. If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. All right, what's happening, people? Welcome to the Fitness Education Online Podcast. This is the uh, the best version of the podcast because it's the monthly one we do with myself and my business partner, Travis. Travis, how are you? guys. Welcome. Very good. Thank you very much. Now, there's a couple things. Today, we're going to be speaking all about kettlebells. We'll, we'll get to that in a sec. What we like to do when it's me and Travon is just also speak about business and, and what's going on. But I was speaking before because I don't really see Travis. He lives five minutes away, but I, I see him every every <laughs> couple of months or something. Um, but we always just say, hey, you had COVID yet? Now, I haven't had it. Have you, Trav? Mate, we're, we've stayed clear. And I think it's probably probably representative of the fact that we haven't seen each other because yeah. we're, we're probably both homebodies. Yeah. You know, I've got, I've got two young kids and... Um, you know, for me, I don't get to go out socializing too much. And, um, you know, the only sickness I seem to get is whatever they bring home with them, which typically isn't COVID. So, uh, so far, I, I have to say in the last two weeks, I've had two potential exposures, which have both come up, uh, you know, one, one with me, I had a mate who returned from the States and he was dropping something off to my place and, and he came in and had a coffee. And, <laughs> and he dropped uh, COVID off at your and place. He dropped, he? he dropped COVID off. Yes, he did. He left. And then, and then three days later, I go, oh, by the way, I've just tested positive COVID. So uh, sorry, uh, but all good. And then, and then uh, you know, two or three days later, Brenda, my wife, her sister returned from overseas as well. Um, and they worked together. And Brenda had spent three days working with her in her unit, in her small confined thing. And uh, you know, on, on the fourth day, the sister tested positive to COVID. So my wife had been around her for, for three full days, uh, in a small room for whatever, eight hours a day. And, uh, so we were like, okay, well, it looks like you've got COVID. And so hopefully we avoid it. And, um, so we isolated Brenda and she never got it either. And we're both still avoided it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it speaks of our, uh, amazing social lives, yeah. probably. I saw, yeah, it's either you've got an amazing immune system or no friends. One of the one of the two, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I saw a Facebook post to say if you haven't had COVID yet, you have no friends. Yeah, like, that's, man, that's, <laughs> I feel attacked. Yeah, yeah, that's it's we're pretty close to it, I think. And so it's uh, we're 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 holding in there as uh, you know maybe maybe we're the people they're going to study in, in in a few years time and go like, how didn't these people get it? And then you know, it's going to be one of those amazing studies of, of you know our genetics or something like that to say we were co-fincible yeah. or something. Something either that or lives. no li- either that or no lives. Yeah, exactly. It'll be like now. How many? How often do you drink a week? And how often do you go out? And when do you leave your house? And what's your job? And yeah, yeah so it's yeah. Uh, we've done it. We've kept we've kept COVID free for for the best part of what two years now, I suppose, two and a bit years. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're, we're holding in there, Jono. That's it. Um, all right. Business-wise, there's a big event coming up this week, Trav. So this podcast is going to release on Monday. Um, Thursday, Friday, the Filex Business Convention. Are you going? Well, I wasn't planning on going. So we're going to keep this in all honesty here. And you messaged me this morning saying, about an you know hour what? ago, about an hour ago saying, you know what? I think I'm going to go to Filex. Do you want to come? And I'm like, huh. I'd been spending most of my time saying, oh, I'm not sure this year, blah, blah, blah. So to be honest, I don't know. Um, I, I am, I am undecided. We were, we were going to chat about it, I suppose. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like we, we've gone historically, um, to, to Filex when it's been on the last couple of years. And this is sort of a revamped version of Filex, um, this year that they've tried to put on a couple of times and, and had it postponed. But, um, yeah, so it'll be interesting. It's a smaller version of it, I, I suppose. So there's give the um, listeners the breakdown, Trav, in case they they haven't been to Filex before, or they don't know what this one is about. Yeah, so Filex, if you're obviously if you're unaware, is essentially uh, in Australia the biggest um, industry education event, so to speak. I would say usually in Sydney, in uh, in Darling Harbour area. Also, usually goes along with like an expo, which is like the fitness expo, is usually on concurrently where that's all like protein and products and all that sort of stuff, but not necessarily uh, fitness professionals. At the same time as that event, there's usually this thing going on called Filex, which is uh, an education thing, you know, three, four days of education. 
This year, it's been broken up. It's in a smaller venue, and it's been broken up into like a business side, business management, and then a fitness professional side. So there's still two streams to it. Uh, and I suppose they're both going to be smaller because it's in a smaller venue. And, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I looked at it and I wasn't overly keen. But my guess is you've probably got a few people hitting you up saying, we're going, we're going, do you want to catch up? And now you're like, oh, you're getting a bit of uh, a bit of FOMO. But yeah, that's me exactly. I, I was the same as Travis. I used to like it. It was it, I used to love it. It was like Christmas for me, you know, better than Christmas. I'd go there because um, I'd know a lot of the delegates. I'd know a lot of the presenters. We've presented a couple times. You go to the expo and there's just all these fun um, events that I never win, but I cheer Travis on because he always, <laughs> you always, you always make me go into them. You're always like, yeah, you always turn around, hey, you got to lift this car. Travis, are you lifting this car? I'm like, oh, I wasn't going to because I've just eaten, but... <laughs> And it then he's always like one or down. two reps off, you know. <laughs> Travis is just one or two reps off the record, but it's, it's you fun. You do okay. But uh, well, the other one, the, the great the great memories from my old boot camp days where you got the old Chibani yogurt hookup. Oh, Remember that? Yeah. You used to get Chibani, Chibani yogurt yeah. scent every every uh, every quarter, like a thousand yeah, of like them. Like a hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went there once and they were like, oh, you run a boot camp? You know, enter your details here. And I don't know if everyone got it or you got it in the drawer and I won it. But yeah, every quarter they'd send me a hundred um or, tubs or. of chibani yogurt was no i think it was yeah i, don't, I think it was about 100 yeah. I'd bring i'd bring them to boot camp and everyone will get you know like two or three each kind of thing yeah 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 they get you have all these boxes like and i, I think even one year i got them somehow you know like and i just yeah they they may not they may not have found their way to boot camps the one that i got yeah. just quietly so, <laughs> well, well i wasn't keen to go this time around because with me and Trav and with what we do, we kind of fit in the middle, like the, mm. the business side that's on this week is very much, you own a gym, you manage a gym, you know, franchise, franchise that side of things there. Um, and then the fitness side is usually more like workouts and tools and that kind of thing there. And we do a bit of that at fitness education line. That's what we're talking about now. But a lot of what we do is more like small business. You, you're a personal trainer, you run a boot camp, you run a small studio and it doesn't fit into both. And I looked at the business one and I was like, none of these sessions really appeal to me um, because they were just so gym-based, you know, and, and, and large gym-based. But yeah, that's exactly what happened. I've had about two or three people hit me up in the last couple of days and they're just like, hey, Johnny, come on to Filex, let's, let's catch up. And I'm trying to work around the schedule and that. And then I'm like, ah, you know what? I may as well just go, but not <laughs> for the session. Like I'm not going to be, if I learn something from the sessions, great. Mm. It's more just like I'm going to um, network with the other people there, see what's going on, see if there's any business opportunities, catch up with some friends. I'm going mainly for that reason. Yeah, so I mean, chances are I'll end up going as well, but uh, we'll wait and see. As I haven't thought about too much uh, this morning, you, you hit me up not too long ago, and uh, and uh, I was just on some other stuff and haven't thought too much about it. But uh, yeah, I suppose I'll probably end up going as well. <laughs> awesome. So if you're listening to this and you're coming to Finalex this week, make sure to come and reach out to me and Trav. Uh, let's get to today's topic. So we're going to be speaking about kettlebells. Now we've got a course at Fitness Education Online, which was written by Travis, which is amazing. And we'll speak about that later. Um, and it is on special as well this month. I'll put the link in the show notes. If you register this month, use podcast as your coupon code and you'll get the discount. But before we get into the, the course and that, let's just speak about it in general. Travis, why kettlebells? I know you use them yourself for your own training, but let's put it more for like a trainer that's going to use it with their clients. Um, and we can probably do it in a few different things. It, we obviously speak a lot about boot camp and studio, but mm -hmm. even like mobile personal trainers, even trainers in the gym, even group fitness classes, what, why should trainers use kettlebells? Look, I think it's one of these things that it's, it's a great combination tool. So I think if you're, when I, when I say combination tool, it's a tool that works with resistance it's a tool that works with cardio as well. So it's something that's going to get your heart rate up, but it's also going to have you working with resistance. Now, on top of that, it's also got like a learning curve element. Um, it's got an element of, you know, I'm about to do a presentation uh, this week, actually, well, it would be last week on functional training. It's got an element of, uh, I'll put inverted commas there, of functional training involved, which, you know, anything... Realistically, anything can almost be functional training, but but it does mean that you it crosses over into a lot of activities. So if you want to do it, if you're training someone who's an athlete, I think kettlebells work really well. If you're training someone who is just 
trying to lose weight. I think kettlebells work very well. If you're training someone who's coming back from, say, maybe some injury stuff, kettlebells can also work really well. Um, it, they're just a very, a very good tool for a lot of things. That uh, you know, there's dumbbells. You can do some of the stuff, but it's just not as good. Uh, the one, you know, the one that I always hear that I'm always bite my tongue on is the Y-Bell. Everyone's like, oh, I just use a Y-Bell instead. I, I always bite my tongue because I have played with those and they are not a kettlebell. They're closer to a, to me, they're closer to a dumbbell than a kettlebell. Or they're kind of like, a, there's a new tool that's like a, you you sort of hold a, your hand in like a cannonball thing yeah. and your hand's inside this cannonball thing. That's kind of like a Y-Bell to me because the weight goes around, distributed around the top of your hand. Uh, that's kind of like a Y-Bell. Um, but yeah, there's only one kettlebell. And the other one is the sand bells. They are also not kettlebells. There's only one one type of kettlebell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I, um, I agree with all Travis's point. And I look at it from a different side as well. I look at it at a functional thing for the trainer, though. Like, I look at it like, all right, and, and we'll speak about exercises in a sec, but even just in terms of, like, if you are in, I'll use a boot camp scenario because that's, like, a, an easy one to use, where it's like, the, one of the biggest problems I find with boot camp is lack of posterior chain, right? It's so easy. Like when I first started as a personal trainer, it was drummed into me. You know, hey, for every bench press, you got to do a row. For every mm-hmm. squat, you got to do a deadlift. For every bicep curl, you got to do a tricep extension, yada, yada, yada. And it was kind of like, okay, when I started running boot camp, it was just like, all right, let's do these workouts with a heap of push-ups, squats, planks, lunges, just all anterior chain stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, it's just so hard to get posterior chain exercises in. And especially in boot camp, because you do so many squats, it's mm. like, how can we balance these out? If you're in the gym, you can just do heavy deadlifts. It's fine. Do a heavy squat, oh, do a heavy deadlift. There's machines in gyms as well, right? So there's yeah. all the, you know, there's all the row variations. There's all the dumbbells. There's yeah. there's the barbells. There's there's lots of variations if you're in a gym um, that you can, you know, you can easily um, come up with plenty of posterior chain exercises in, yeah. in a gym environment. 100%. But boot camp, it's way harder, right? And that's yeah, with limited equipment for sure. But yeah, and that's where I like the kettlebell. I'm like, it, there's so many exercises you can do with it, but even just for the swing, it's like, man, I'm going to bring it down, just do the swing to balance out all those squats we do, so that it's um it's a more balanced workout. And then I also like it. Um, I used to run a lot of group like boot camp classes in a gym, like group fitness style, and kettlebells were great for that same reason as well. Because like, if you're in the gym floor, okay, great. Travis mentioned there's all these machines and you know heavy deadlifts or whatever. But in a group fitness class, can't really do it. Hey, all 20 of you go out and do heavy deadlifts. It doesn't quite work. Yeah. But a kettlebell swing is, is a very easy one. Or even, even barbell. You know, if you're in a gym scenario, like, yeah. now, I mean, nowadays there's more barbells in gyms than ever. But, yeah. you know, if you're in a gym, a group fitness room, you can't really bring in five or six barbells. Like, yeah. You know, A, that's probably not going to fit, and B, you probably don't have access to five or six barbells. And you yeah, maybe you've got the pump stuff, but yeah, it's pump stuff, you know. So, yeah, it's not. Well, that's that's another. Well, actually, let's get to that now. So, exercises, Trav. Once again, oh, actually, feel free if you want to share your personal opinions or with what you do. Um, yeah. But what are the best exercises that a trainer should use a kettlebell for their clients? Oh, look, I mean, I think one, one thing that I would say is. You don't need to be too complicated. Like if you go through the course, like as you get to say level two, we've got a few more complicated. But what you notice is it's all very kettlebell traditional exercises, I suppose. And, you know, I'm not in there doing too many things like, oh, you know, here's this kettlebell that you can do bicep curls with. And here's this kettlebell, you know, like you don't need to get too fancy with it. Um, I think you just need to learn the basics and the basics go around like a good hinge. And it all depends on, Again, it also depends on your clientele. So there's a big difference between, say, a boot camp and a one-on-one. So yeah. are your people? Are you using the kettlebell just as a like a like a means-to-end tool sort of thing? Like, hey, I need to work some posterior chain. Kettlebell's a great tool. Or is it like I've got clientele that you know love using the kettlebell and they want to learn how to use a kettlebell? So there are also different things there, right? So I mean, I did when we were running boot camp. I did like a kettlebell specific session, and people actually bought their own kettlebells, and they were learning like different skills, right? So it all depends on what you want to do. But but realistically, in say a group scenario, you want your bang for buck stuff, which is going to be your swings. It's going to be uh, using it with any kind of squat variation. Uh, it's going to be uh, bent over row is a great one, uh, and then the press variations are another great one. They're probably in a group scenario, uh, and deadlifts as well there as well. Uh, in a group scenario, they're the best ones because they're easy to teach. They're um, yeah, easy to teach. They 
posterior chain, like you mentioned, and they're not too challenging. You don't have to deal with like people like with technique either uh, as much. You're saying they're not as technical as a, a clean, a jerk, a clean and press, a turkey exactly. get up. snatch, yeah. things like that. Yeah, I, I would typically stay away from uh, most of those other ones uh, because you get the, uh, you know, the kettlebell hurts my arm or you get the, like, the, there's also then the strength element of, you know, like they need to be strong enough to be able to do this uh, uh, get up with the eight or the 12 kilo kettlebell, which maybe they're not strong enough to have it locked out. So, yeah, in a group scenario, I would stick with those sort of exercises as my bang for buck exercises. Unless it's obviously like, hey, this is a group that's learning kettlebells. Does that make sense? Um, and then if it's a group that's learning kettlebells, it's have at it. You know, you'd be, you, you know, your, your snatches, your, your cleans, your, your Turkish get-ups, your windmills, um, you know, and then, yeah, get into it. Also, the group stuff, actually, I'll throw into the group stuff as well. The other thing that I would do is the swing variations. Mm-hmm. So you'd start to go, okay, well, instead of a standard swing, you've got a single arm swing, you've got the skier swing. You might go a pendulum swing, a um, few different options there as well, just to create a bit of a variety for, for the group as well. Yeah, and we'll, we'll move on to weights in a sec as well, which I think will flow on to this. I'll just share my favorite exercises here, similar to Trav, and I touched on it earlier, like the swing. Like if I bring a kettlebell down to boot camp, I'll pretty much always do the swing because it's just such a good exercise and such a good exercise for that environment. Uh, I also like the bent over row. Because, yeah, we do a lot of squats in, in boot camp and the swing's a good way to balance it out. We also do a lot of push-ups and planks and that sort of thing. And a bent-over row is a really good way to... Can to I add one up. there on groups that I didn't add that yeah. I love uh, is the renegade row mm-hmm. uh, on a bench. So with one kettlebell only, you know, you're, you're up on a bench, hands on the bench, kettlebells in the middle, uh, renegade row that way, outstanding for groups. Yeah, because the one limitation to a bent-over row with a kettlebell is it's so much harder than the swing. So it's kind of like if you, if you like most, um, let's just use a group fitness class. Let's say it's predominantly women. Most of them will probably use a 12 kilo um, weight to swing pretty comfortably, which, but that's a hard bent over row for that same person that swings there. So that's where it can get a little bit um, fiddly and the weights may need to change a little bit, or you can use Travis's renegade row variation there. Um, and I'll just throw something a bit different in there. Now, Trav, you mentioned deadlifts. Me personally with a kettlebell, I only like it if it's single leg deadlift. Cause I, with that same thing, like yeah, a, 12, a 12 kilo deadlift on a kettlebell. Like, yeah. I mean, Travis, how much can you deadlift? Enough, yeah. Like, like, you can, what, what, what can you do? Tell us, what's your deadlift? Uh, probably in and around 200, I would imagine. Maybe yeah. a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. Give or take 10 kilos, I'd say. You know, so like imagine Travis doing de- – and maybe not tra- – even me. I can maybe do 80 kilos is probably a standard kind of deadlift for me. Like there's no way I could get a workout with a 12-kilo mm. kettlebell deadlifting. It's just it's too light. And, and you see I've been to group fitness classes myself where it's like, right, here's the workout. You've got a 12-kilo kettlebell. Go and do 10 deadlifts and 10 swings and 10 squats. And, okay, the squats and swings are okay, but it's just so easy with the deadlift. So I think I like it as, as a single-leg exercise because obviously then it's harder, but also yeah, you're sure. working on different things. It's not just a strength thing. Yeah, you're yeah, working sure. on balance, coordination, core strength. Your, your take on that, Trev? I don't agree. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, when I said that, I meant that. <laughs> you know, yeah, I wouldn't really be doing uh, standard deadlifts with them very much. Uh, again, you know, I've done it with my ones where I've got like 232s, mm. you know, and it's hard. Um, but, yeah, uh, you're not going to be doing that with uh, in a group scenario, right? Um, yeah, most of it would be single leg variation with a deadlift. Um, yeah. Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Um, or I guess the other one is if you're learning the skill. I think that a deadlift is good if you're learning the kettlebell. Yeah, 
but that's a different thing. You're not doing it as a workout. You're doing it to, to learn the hinge, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a few ways you could do it and, and the deadlift would be one of the ways you sort of pattern that movement a little bit. Yeah, for sure. All right. Trav, weights, how heavy and also how much and what type? Let's say now a trainer's watching this, you know what, I'm going to start using kettlebells. What do they buy? Yeah, so my, my advice is always spend the more money and get the, the pro grade or the competition grade kettlebells. They're the ones that are the, uh, they're all the same size. Now, the spend, reason- spend, spend, spend a minute there, Trav, because just, yeah. just cause like, if, if they're unaware, there's different types of kettlebells, yeah. right? Yeah, so your, your pro grade or comp are all the same size. The bell itself is all the same size. They're all consistent. So if it's eight kilos, if it's 16 kilos, if it's 32 kilos, you look at it, apart from the color difference, if they're all the exact same color, you couldn't tell which was what. Um, and if you put your hand around the handle, you couldn't tell which was what until you actually tried to pick it up. Um, so it's all consistent. The benefit of that is if you are going to do things like Turkish get-ups or snatches or windmills or any of these other more advanced movements or cleans or, or if anything in the rack position, the technique always remains the same. Um, those kettlebells are typically a little bit more expensive than say like a cast iron is the other option, which, which are good as well. Cast iron, the bell will always will change size, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's four kilos, eight kilos, eight kilos. Tiny, you know, yeah, exactly. Bigger, yeah. Yeah. And then on that, the handle typically changes as well. So, you know, like the, the handle's always a bit different and that's always going to change brand to brand, uh, as well. So, and then you've got the sort of the plastic ones and stuff like that, like which are the Kmart or, or the, um. Uh, you know, Aldi and stuff like that, which I just wouldn't rate at all. Um, the grip's not as good as those ones, is it, Trav? Yeah, you're just really limited. You know, like sometimes they often uh, they often do like a really massive handle, which seems good, but it's not at all. Um, and there's the plastic seams. And yeah, it, if you're starting fresh, I'd be buying the Comp or Pro Grade ones just for the consistency uh, because it just allows you, if you are, look, if you're just using them as a weight and it's like, hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just using them to squat with, or to hold and lunge, yeah, cool. Get whatever you want. Um, you, may but, well dumb, you may as well use a dumbbell if that's all. Yeah, you could you? Yeah, exactly. Or a medicine ball. Or anyway, right? It's it's no different if you're not going to use if you're going to use it in that sort of format. Um, but if you're wanting to get into, I suppose, the art or the skill of using kettlebells, I, I highly recommend cast iron at minimum. Um, but yeah, pro or comp grade, way better. Um, my first set were cast iron. I used them for ages, and then when I actually bought my pro grade, I was like. Man, I was you know I should have should have invested these from the beginning. Just it's just way nicer. It, like it's way nicer on your 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 arm and your hands and yeah, that, in my experience at least. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll agree with that. Uh, and we'll probably put some links in the show notes as well. If people are like, what the hell are these grade things he's talking about? <laughs> um, weights, weights, wise Wait, yeah. So oh, I typically say for women, I would say typically between so kettlebells stereotypically like kettlebells at the moment would go typically 8 12 16 and up by four um why is do you know why that is out of curiosity well actually they didn't normally go up by four they were they were measured in they were measured in something called poods p-o-o-d and a pood was 16 kilos yeah wow. so you had you had a oh no i think a half i think a pood's 32 kilos yeah wow. so i think you had a half pood which was a 16 kilo or a pood which is a 32 kilo and they were your choices. Yeah, wow. Um, so then it uh, went from there into like every four kilos. Mm. Uh, now you can get uh, other increments. Yeah. But the thing is, again, if you're using it like a proper, you know, like proper kettlebell art, you know, there's a big jump down from 12 to 8, right? That's an extra 50% of the weight, right? Mm. But when you're doing something like a swing or a snatch or like, it, it isn't the same as if you're doing like your absolute one RM kettlebell, yeah. uh, one RM deadlift. Yeah. It's not the same as like, okay, I'm going to put it up by 0.25 of a kilo. You know, it doesn't have that same sort of effect. So, um, yeah, so typically they go up in four kilo increments, starting at eight kilos. They, you can get different ones, uh, but that's the sort of most standard one. So I would say most women are pretty comfortable between eight and 16. Uh, for most things, uh, obviously, you'll get stronger women who can use uh, much heavier. And in the course, I have an example of the, uh, you know, uh, the, the giveaway sport, which is snatches. And it's, you know, like the, the under under 60 kilo champion who's a, the under 60 kilo female champion uses 24 kilo kettlebell snatches. And they go for 10 minutes nonstop. You can't put it down. You can only change hands once. And I think she does like 100 and 
like 50 repetitions, which I could do. And I'm, you know, not quite twice awake, but I'm not that, not, not, not quite twice awake, but I'm significantly heavier than her. So you can definitely get people using heavier than that and women using heavier than that. Mm. So that's no issue. Uh, but stereotypically speaking, I would say somewhere between eight and 16 for most things for women. Uh, for men, I would say somewhere between 12 to, I think 24 is probably getting a bit heavy for, for most guys. Um, typically speaking. Um, so I would typically say guys would be 12 to 20. Uh, works well for most things. Um, me personally, I spend most of my time between 16 and like 16, 20, 24, 32. I don't actually have a 28, so which I probably should uh, because I, I have a big jump uh, there. But um, yeah, so I spend a lot of my time sort of between the 16 and 24 most of the time, but occasionally I'll use the 32. Um, so it just depends. Yeah, I'll give my, my take on that. I think... Um... And there's so many, like, to say men and women is, we're being super generic, right? There's so many different things in there. Um, with my experience, I think with women, it's important to start with at least an eight, if we're talking about swings, because there are like fours out there. And I think a lot of um, a lot of people starting off, oh, I'll just grab the four. But with an exercise yeah. like a swing, you kind of need a bit of weight to generate that momentum. Yeah. So I think that's you, important. You can't see this, but I was rolling my eyes just then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, a lot of times I've had women or people, I can't do that. I'm like, you can do this. Like, yeah. it's, take, you can do this. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, you, you need a bit of weight. Um, you actually need a bit of weight to almost force you into the technique uh, yeah. for some people, you know, like. If yeah. it's a four, you'll just front raise it. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually harder to like get a good technique. Yeah. But, and to be honest, if I was swinging, I think eight's even too light mm. for most for, for women in general. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think trained and untrained. Like if you're an untrained, then I think eight. You know, if you're just yeah. starting off, okay, an eight. Um, if you've been training a while, okay, probably a twelve. Easily, easily. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you need to be that trained mm. to be on twelve. Yeah. Um, you don't need to be that trained. You just provided you've obviously got the right mechanics and you're doing the movement safely. You ease like twelve is is quite quite easy for most people, people in general. Um, and yeah, yeah that's, yep. that's and, what I would say. And then I think the important thing with guys is the technique because mm. mo and this is where like, this is probably another thing as well, where we're similar with the guys where if you're a guy and so many variables again, but if you're a guy and you're doing a 12, you can probably just front raise it. Mm. And it's kind of like, it may even be better to go a bit heavier so that you can't front raise it. And you actually have to use the the correct technique. Yeah, one of the issues is that you know most people, if they've if they've trained in the past, mm. most people have trained on machines, and it's that tempo yeah. of like you know two down, two up, you know, like that sort of standard gym training tempo, right? Mm. Kettlebells aren't that typically yeah. speaking. Uh, they can be, but typically not. You know, with something like a swing, you're trying to go as explosive and as ballistic as possible. You know, so you you've got to sort of break that habit of like slow controlled tempo and if men and women both both you got to break that habit a little bit and one of the ways to break that habit is give them a weight that they can't they can't actually do the movement uh, mm -hmm. in that slow controlled tempo so um you know so that's yeah that's definitely an element there of, of having to have the right weight to give you sort of some sensory feedback to, to get the movement correct um okay a mount trav now let's say boot camp situation let's say someone's running a boot camp or they've got a studio let's say they're getting 15 20 people per per class do we need to go out and buy 15 20 kettlebells or, or what do we do there look if you if you wanted to run a kettlebell class yeah you do but if you're just you know again if you're you know well maybe if you wanted to run a kettlebell class one between two so if you're like, hey, this is like kettlebell class, you get away with probably one between two, I would say. Um, but you know, generally speaking, if it's just part of your fitness routine, I would say one to four um, is probably not a bad ratio um, there. Yeah, and I mean, you also got to play around with, obviously you got to get the different weight variations and stuff like that. But typically one to four um, is, is a pretty good ratio, I think. So one kettlebell to four, four participants. Yep, I agree, one to four. And I, I can even, I'll even sometimes run with one to five. Or if needs be, it'll be like, all right, you know, I think it's going to be 16 people here. So I'll bring four kettlebells. Oh, there's 20 people here. That's okay. I can still run with that. And we'll speak about workouts in a sec. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in terms of weights, I, once again, depends men, women, who you're doing or whatever. Um, if I'm running a female boot camp, I'll usually bring three eights, three twelves. 
and maybe 116, you know, if I know that um, someone's going to do that. If it's like a group fitness class and there's men in there, then I'll bring a few more 16s in there. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, and then you, um, yeah, you play around with what you've got there as well, yeah. So I think that, that's pretty accurate. Let's even, should we, actually, let's spend a minute here and then we'll go to, to workouts because I think that's another good point as well. So I'll ask you this question, Trav. Let's say, for example, you know, you get your, your weights a bit wrong. How do you, how would you sort of combat that? Like, let's say someone should have a 12 that you're doing swings. Someone should have a 12, but you've got your rate strong and there's only an eight there. Can you work yeah. around it? Yeah. So what I would do, I'd, you'd, you'd change it from, depends what the variations are in general, but you go, okay, well, you've got the single arm swing instead. Uh, you could change it to like another variation of like a skier swings so on the outside of the legs, a bit different. Um, so you can play around with little variations of, of the movement um which a bit more challenging um you can do like depends on their skill level there's a few different swing variations that you could probably use uh, if the weight is too light for them um and if the weight's too heavy for them same sort of thing yeah okay it's two-hand swing you maybe you could regress it to a deadlift i suppose uh, or like you just a, i like a hip thrust there trav yeah hey if you get here and you know the kettlebell's too heavy look don't do your swing do your hip thrust Yep. Similar, similar um, muscle group, similar movements, still kind of works, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, realistically, even if the weight's too heavy, you could just have a limited range of motion, you know? Like, we don't need to, you know, like, we're not, you know, there's a whole American and uh, Russian swing, you know, American swing, people will swing CrossFit style, like, hands by their, uh, arms up by their ears. Russian swing, it's sort of up to, like, chest level. If you've got a heavier weight, like just swing it up to belly level, you know, like it just, just lower that range of motion as well. That, that's the other option. Should we speak American swing, Russian swing? Yeah, we can. Right. We don't have, yeah, we, you, I mean, do it. Look. you want to touch on it? Just to touch the, I, I know yeah. you a brief example there, maybe go a bit deeper for the people that aren't aware. Yeah, so there's two, two most uh, common types of kettlebell swings. One would be the American swing, it's called, which I suppose popularized by CrossFit. Uh, two hands on the kettlebell and you're swinging it all the way up overhead where your arms are by your ears. Realistically, the only reason this exists is for standardization. So if you're doing a kettlebell workout and you go to 20 swings, what's the standard? Is the standard, you know, like where's the standard going to be? And, and for, for CrossFit, the standard's up overhead. Um, the thing with that, it actually changes the arc of the swing a little bit as well. So you've got to like, you know, you change, you actually need a slightly different swing technique. Uh, and you also need the, the mobility in your arms. Like, I don't think I could do it properly, like without putting my shoulders at risk. Uh, I don't have that mobility to hold the kettlebell uh, in two hands up overhead. You know, kettlebells, realistically, kettlebells are designed for single hand exercises. They're not designed to have two hands on the kettlebell. Um, you know, like all, they're designed to have one hand on the bell. Um, not two so you know yeah it's not really for that purpose the russian swing there's also like variations of like a hard style swing and a sport swing um in that where say a sport swing is a bit more rhythmic and so it's a bit more like a pendulum there's a bit more leg bend involved and it's uh the breathing's a bit more consistent and it's it's a bit more flowy is probably the way i would describe it uh, the hard style swing is more explosive legs are straighter so there's less knee bend and it's just like and it's you know, really hard heavy breathing and it's it's the difference between i suppose going for a jog and, and going for a sprint gotcha and what do you prefer the russian or the american and why uh definitely the russian variations um like i mentioned there's no if i'm going to go up overhead i'll do snatches you know like yeah like I don't see, yeah, I don't think it's very comfortable to go up overhead with a swing. I would just do a snatch. Um, and then of the way I look at it, Trav, you get the same, but like with the Russian one, you get all the same benefits. Like if your goal is, you know, um, is a 100%. posterior chain, glutes, hamstrings, and a bit of cardio in there, you're getting all the same benefits, but you're not getting the those extra risks. Whereas yeah. if you go to the American, you're, you're not getting any extra benefits maybe a bit of shoulder strength maybe yeah I, bit, yeah it's not worth the risk right yeah I, I just think if you're gonna do that you might as well do snatches mm. it's it's you can get a better better workout a, a better movement pattern um yeah a better exercise uh for that particular purpose um but yeah so the russian and then and then you know i mix between the sports style and the hybrid style like a, like a hybrid sport sports style competition uh Sports style, hard style, and then like in the middle is like a bit of a hybrid where you have a bit of a mix between those two. A mix between those, you know, it just depends on what I'm doing. If, if I'm doing, you know, 15 seconds on, or let's say I'm doing uh, 
10 swings with my 32 kilo kettlebell, uh, and I'm going to do 10 rounds of 10 swings just on the minute, I'm going to do that very much the hard style, you know, like trying to be just short, sharp, really explosive, really aggressive. Uh, but if I'm doing something which is, I don't know, like I'm going to go for, you know, 90 seconds of swings or whatever, I'm going for, you know, I'm going for 100 swings in one set. It's definitely going to be more of the, um, the sports style. It's going to be like, you know, more rhythmic, more, uh, more of a knee bend, just more, um, economical, I suppose, in, in everything, in the breathing and in, in the muscles. So it just sort of depends on what your program is. Let's take a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG, and we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Gotcha. All right. Workouts, Trav. Someone's listening to this. All right. I want to give my boot camp a sick kettlebell workout this evening. What's your favorite kettlebell workout for, for boot camp or groups? Yeah. So I think boot camp or groups, I, I love, um, I love using kettlebells with a body weight in there as well. So what one of our favorites would be uh, sort of three stations. So you've got a kettlebell. So let's say you've got 15 people. You've got five kettlebells, five people on body weight, and five people on something else. Uh, this could be, uh, now it could be skipping rope, it could be- um, Resistance bands. Resistance bands, it could be TRX uh, or suspension straps, something like that. And then you're just going to cycle through, um, you know, different exercises. So let's say there's, there's five people on kettlebells, maybe it's swings, then the next station is bear crawls and the next station is um, rows on the suspension strap. And then you're going to go through three rounds of each of those, right? So then you play around with, you got all different endless timing options, right? And then you might do, um, you might do from there, you might do cleans, kick sits and um, push-ups, you know, anything like that. I love that variation of that power of three, we call it power of three circuit. Um, I, I think that's really good. It's easy to program in that like, you just you almost come up with it on the spot, um, but it's it's just going okay. Well, looking at the balance of movements, so it's like okay, if I'm going to be roughly on, let's say I'm going to be on those one minute intervals, so I've got swings, three rounds of swings, one, that's three minutes. Three rounds of bear crawls is three minutes, and three rounds of rows is three minutes. That's nine minutes. So I know that it's nine minutes to do one round. You know, let's say it's going to take me two minutes in between, so it's eleven minutes. If I do three blocks of that, there's like a 45 minute workout with a warm up cool down, basically. So it's a really simple one. And then all you need to know is three kettlebell exercises, three bodyweight exercises, three suspension exercises, mm. you know? And then over that, you look at it and go, okay, have I got a squat pattern? Have I got a hinge pattern? Have I got a bit of a lunge in there? Have I got some posterior? Have I got a pull in there? Have I got a push in there? Uh, maybe I've got a gate in there as well. Uh, and you just look at that sort of combination over those exercises because you, you're basically only programming nine exercises for your workout there. And it's it's just a really efficient way to, to program and um, and it just gives you a lot of options as well. And it's, yeah, that, that's probably my favorite way for a group um, for kettlebells. And, you know, I think it's just, yeah, a nice, easy, tidy way to do it. Mm. I'm, um, I like AMRAPs with them, Trav, in a few different ways. Um, it, at its most simple way, I like it because... Uh, I like circuits as well, kind of how you mentioned there. Um, and I think it's good to balance them out with AMRAP to have something that's kind of time-based. Hey, it's a minute here, minute here, minute there. And then something that's just like, right, here's your list of exercises, you know, off you go for, for 20 minutes and do as many as you can. Probably wouldn't do nine of them in that situation. Or I would, but I, I would maybe give six kind of ones you do. Here's your six exercises, you know, off you go. And that could be a mixture. The way I like to run it is just have like some communal kettlebells in the middle. So it's kind of like, right, here's your six exercises. Of those six, maybe two of them are kettlebells, four of them are body weight. 
So it's kind of like, right, everyone's got your station, start with your body, or everyone starts at a different kind of thing, right? A couple of people start at the kettlebells, a couple of people start here, a couple of people start here. You just work through the workout. When it's time to do the kettlebell exercises, you go over there and do it. If for whatever reason, you know, you get to your kettlebell exercise and they're busy, just do your next bodyweight one and then, then catch up later. And then on top of that, I'd, I'd throw some other stuff in where it might be like, right, here's your six exercises. Uh, but after you've done those six, go and grab a skipping rope and do 100 skips or, you know, go and do a bear crawl 20 meters there and back or go and do a, a run around the basketball court and come back. So it gives another option there as well, where it's like, all right, if you get to your kettlebell exercise and it's busy, go and do your run. And then by the time you come back, it'll be free. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, great options. And even with the... Go back to my one. The other thing that I would play around there with is is the um, is the timing. That's the biggest thing I say with people. Is it doesn't always need to be on a one minute timer. You know, like maybe you do like each one of those. So there's three stations, but each one's like a Tabata, mm. and so you're going you're going between a Tabata of two different exercises. So it swings and squats, kick sits, and you know bear crawls rows and whatever you know you know like anything like that there's, there's so many little cool variations on timing that you could play with as well that's the biggest thing my biggest advice when it comes to programming uh especially for groups don't get stuck on just one minute you know 40 seconds on 20 seconds off mm. and you could even you could even put the amrap in there as well whether we travis as example yeah. you know hey he's um you know three different stations hey you do a nine minute kettlebell amrap here are yeah. your three. You know, you do a nine-minute body weight. Yeah, you know, there's variations there as well. Um, all right. So that's given us some good ideas with kettlebells there, Trav. Let's speak about courses in general. We'll speak about um, the fitness education online course in a sec. Just beforehand, though, should a trainer do a course in kettlebells or can they learn on their own? And there's obviously no right or wrong here, right? I'm sure there's people that are watching this and are like, I, I don't think you, well, I, I know you have done a course, Trav, but I know you – but anyway, yeah, tell me your, your take and then I'll, I'll share. Oh, you, look, you can 100% learn anything by yourself, but it really depends on you as a person. Yeah. Um, no doubt about that. So you can learn it by reading books, watching YouTube. YouTube's great. Um, you do all of that sort of stuff. That's fine. Um, and then if you're savvy enough, you then can pick up the cues because it's different between learning and, and coaching, mm. right? So if you're savvy enough, you can pick up the cues that the person that you're watching is using. Um, because, and then you could then pass them on to your clients, right? Because again, difference between learning and, and coaching. So the person who's running the video is most likely either just, either they're trying to coach you or they're just doing it and you're just trying to mimic them, you know? So I think, yeah, you can 100% learn anything that way, right? Um, best to do a course for a bunch of reasons. Like we know it's it's our profession. You know, we're, if, we're, if we're professional fitness people, you know, personal trainers, that's our profession your best to do a course because what you want to learn is you don't need to learn how to do it yourself. You need to learn how to teach somebody else to do it. So you need to learn the little intricacies that maybe you can pick up visually, but others can't. So you'll know different options, you know, and um, with swings is a great one. You know, I've seen so many bad swings and it's, it's, you know, it's one of these things that it looks easy. It is easy, but it looks easy. And if you do it wrong, you've got to know how to correct it and, and, and what they're doing wrong and, and, and little options of, okay, okay, well, this is what I can do if they're doing this. This is what I can do if they're doing that um, and, and have those options that available to you. So 100%, I think doing a course is better for that reason uh, because you're, you're not learning the skill for yourself, you're coaching. You've, you've got to coach that skill to somebody else. So that, that they're, they're two different skill sets. I'll share my take on this, Trav, and I find this very similar with boxing as well and kettlebells too. It's one of those things that has traditionally been taught poorly in the fitness industry. So what happens is I may, I'm just going to use myself as an example. Let's say I've never done a kettlebell course and I just pick up a kettlebell and start swinging in the gym and I don't do it a hundred percent perfectly, right? Travis is a, a gym goer. He watches Jono do it, who's a personal trainer. Oh, Jono's a personal trainer. He's doing kettlebell swings. That must be how you do them. I'm going to do them like that. Travis now becomes a personal trainer. And he's like, I know how to do kettlebell swings. I've seen Jono do them. And then he does his kettlebell. And then someone watches him. And it gradually gets worse and worse and worse. Right? That's what I see both in boxing and kettlebells as well. So you may be... Uh, you may be listening to this and that could be you. It may not be. Maybe you are doing them perfectly, right? Maybe you, whatever, you're doing them perfectly, that's fine. But maybe you're not. 
Maybe mm. if you just learned off someone else, maybe they weren't doing it correctly because they learned from someone who wasn't doing it correctly. So well, one of my thing, one of my big examples of this, I remember going to the gym and there was uh, I, I spent all my time on the weightlifting platform and and there, and there was two girls at the weightlifting platform and one was they were doing front squats and I don't think I don't think either of them were trainers. The first girl got up, did her front squats, absolutely perfect, mm. no issue. Yep. Everything, elbows high, chest high, boom, no issue. Second girl gets up, her elbows are down, the weight is lower, and the other girl's going, all right, just squat down and stand up. Yeah. That's it, squat down, stand up. Like, probably I saying good work, probably saying good work. Oh, good work. Yeah, and, she, and, the, and the, girl, the other girl was going, like, the girl who couldn't do it was sort of knew there was something wrong because she kept falling forward and finding it really uncomfortable. Um, but the first girl, who was doing it really well, she just did it naturally very well. I shoot, she may have been a trainer. I don't know. I hope not because she wasn't helping this other girl at all. She might have just but been a natural athlete. She might have just been able to see someone else do it and replicate it. Yeah. Uh, but but she couldn't coach it to this other person. Mm -hmm. I could have stepped in there and gone like, hey, you need to like actually just loosen your grip in your hands. Let's lift your elbows a touch. And that's it. That would have fixed this whole thing, you know. Um, it's the same thing with this. The same thing with this. It's just, it's, there's a there's a big difference between like you seeing it and replicating it and then you teaching it on to someone else. Yeah. And I think the key there is also like different like and there's even many different things in that. I think A is looking you could most people I think will be able to look at it and see that the person's doing it wrong, most trainers, but whether they can communicate what they're doing wrong and have a specific fix with that, as opposed to just saying, No, watch me. No, you're doing. Actually, I'll, I'll go on a rant. I'll go on a rant here, actually, because there's a. I've been wanting to tell you this anyway, Trav. So I've just started doing um, BJJ, right? And I've tried it a few different times and gave up after a, a month because I'm a slow. Travis is a natural athlete. He'll pick up anything and he'll be able to do it straight away. I'm not like that. I need like you know. I need this this coaching for me to be able to do it. Mm. So I've tried a couple times and I've just given up. This one place I go to is the best though because they've got an actual beginner um, class, you know? It's all for white belts, you go in there, they practice the technique, it's it's good. Uh, but the one thing, or maybe the two things, but one thing that, that he doesn't do great is he'll just kind of demonstrate the move. Yeah. He'll be like, right, you know, he's the, the S-mounted R-bar. So watch me, you know, I sit here and then I do this and watch this and watch what I do here and then watch this. And then I squeeze my knees, pull the arm and pull back. And I remember that last bit, oh yeah, squeezing it. But the other part, my head's just going, I do this, then I do this, then I do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't remember it, you know, because he, he, um, and he's a black belt. He's an awesome teacher, but it's just, it's just that explaining that teaching kind of things. So I think it's mm -hmm. a lot of it with trainers as well. There's a difference between, oh, watch me. I'm doing it perfect. That's fine. You are. Mm -hmm. That doesn't really mean anything. It's can you get your, your, your student or your client to do it? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Now, was I going to say anything else? Oh, yeah. And then I think on top of that, there's 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 that. And you could even figure those things out on your own. But as Travis said, it will take ages. Mm. Like, okay, spend years trying to figure out these different things or do it in an online course or in a day and just learn all these tips, bang, 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 bang. And yeah. then also on top of that, there's just the different styles of the, oh, I didn't know I could do that exercise or, mm. oh, that's a good way. I didn't think I'd do a workout like that. It's great for IDs there too. Um, okay, our course specifically, Trav, why would why is the fitness education online course the best one out there? And why should everyone do it right now while it's on special and go yeah. to the show notes and use podcast as your coupon code? Yeah, so I think it's a, a very well-rounded course. We, we've written it um, with the average fitness professional in mind. So what we're talking about there is the person who is running a group fitness, who's running a boot camp, who doesn't have access to 30 kettlebells. Mm -hmm. um, so we've written a lot of it with that in mind. So it's a level one, level two. The level one really focuses on what you can do with kettlebells in say like a group fitness scenario. So it's it's the some kettlebell specific stuff there. Um, and it's sort of the, the bang for buck stuff that you're probably gonna use for 80, 90% of your clients, all right? Then when you go into level two, that's where you dive into, hey, I really wanna learn how to master kettlebells. So that's where you're gonna go into things like windmills and Turkish get-ups and snatches and cleans on level one, but you're gonna go into like also some of the three-dimensional stuff. You're gonna go into a whole range of different movements in level two. So it's, it's written with that in mind of going, okay, well, here's like really, 
letting your band of the buck stuff that you're going to use in sort of a gen pop situation. And then if you want to go more specific and use it with one-on-one -on -one people or people who want to learn like real tidy technique on some more complicated things, goes into level two. So I think it's it's written with that in mind. Like I all like we also mentioned, it's written in mind with giving you guys the right sort of coaching cues. So we've really tried to provide this is the mistake, this is how you fix it. This is the error, this is how you fix it. Um, this is the movement, this is how you regress it, this is how you progress it. Uh, with that, that's very much how it's been written and put forward. Lots of workouts in there as well. And again, in mind of going, hey, well, this is a workout that you're not gonna need. If you've got 20 people, you don't need 20 kettlebells. You're gonna need four or five kettlebells. You know, So I think that's, um, probably why I, it's one of the you know like I, i'm very happy with the course obviously but i think it's it's a course that everyone should do um for for a number of reasons like like we mentioned it, it, you really want to learn how to coach these movements and that's what this course is about let's take a quick break hey bar and girl fans it's jim with madhouse bar talk where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! I'll dive in a bit deeper there on a couple of things Trev mentioned. So, um... Uh, yeah, I, so me and Trav both done plenty of different kettlebell courses and and also courses in general. Like you go to a lot of these courses and they'll they'll give you a workout. It's kind of like it's great, but like everyone needs to have a kettlebell, you know. And it, and it's not just a kettlebell thing. Similar with suspension courses, TRX courses. I remember when I did mine, they're like, "Here's this awesome workout," and I'm like, "It's great if you're running a suspension specific or one on one, you know, all one on one, yeah, mm. you know." Um, it's great, but it doesn't really work with, with that side of things there. So I think that's um, a good thing that Travis, Travis has brought into this uh, course here. And on top of that, Travis has the technique down to a science. It's not just kind of like, oh, here's how you do a swing. It's like, here's how you do a swing. Here's common error number one. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not hinging at the hips. Here's the one thing you do to fix that issue. And it's not just showing him how to do a kettlebell swing. You know, yeah. it's like, you, you know, okay, if this isn't what, if they're, if, if they're doing the swing and this is happening, get them to stop there. You do the bump to the wall drill. Then they come back and that magically fixes it, you know, and yeah. then, okay, here's another common issue you're going to see. They're not keeping a neutral spine. How do you fix that? It's not just watching them use swing and say, hey, keep a neutral spine. It's the broomstick technique. Go and grab a broomstick, do this, get them to do a couple reps there. They come back and they fix it. It's literally like a science and it's, and I'll share um, a few things here as well, where it can also help as like a business tool as well. Not only will you be a better trainer and have less injuries and get, and get better results, but also just from a business tool. I remember I used, um, what was it? It was either the kettlebell under, it was any, it was one of Travis's techniques when I was running a boot camp. It was bring a friend week and a client will do on kettlebell swings. And one of the friends is like, oh, Jono, whenever I do kettle, can I not do the swings? Because you know, whenever, whenever I do them, I used to have a trainer. I did them with my trainer and it would just always hurt my back. And I'm like, you can, but let me take a look. You know, maybe it's a technique. Maybe I can fix it. Let's have a look at your swing. Okay. Yep. Cool. Here's the issue here. It's a neutral spine. You know, go and um, let's do this broomstick thing. Right. Okay. And the other issue is um, you're not hinging at the hips. Let's do this bump to the wall. Great. Now do your swings. She's like, this is great. So like, this doesn't hurt my back at all. This is, she goes, Jono, I had a trainer for like six months. Why didn't you tell me this? And I'm like, well, he didn't do Travis's kettlebell course, did he? <laughs> and, yeah. and, and that um, lady ended up signing up for boot camp for like a year. Hmm. Yeah. So it yeah, shows. It's, shows it, 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 it just it, shows like the the difference in like, you know, maybe he had a perfect swing and she just couldn't replicate it. Yeah. Or maybe she was replicating what he was doing. Yeah, you know there there are those options as well, right? So I mean, he, he might have tried trap. He might have said to her, "Hey, mm. you're not hinging at the hips. Hinge at the hips." Great, well, you can say it, yeah. but you know, he maybe didn't even know you needed to hinge at the hips, yeah. right? Like yeah, he yeah, he yeah. maybe just be doing it. Yeah, you know, like and he doesn't actually understand like the mechanics of what he's doing. You know, like the other one is is breaking at the hips too early, so you, you're mm. you're bending the hips way too early, and and it causes that lower back. You know, so they're they're the biggest issues. You know, so I think um. Yeah, it's just it's just being able to to identify and correct them and and you know provide solutions and 
yeah, I think we've both been able to do that with, with plenty of clients. And, and hopefully what we've put into this course is, is give you guys the tools as a trainer to communicate that to the clients. Yeah. And let's even touch on, I want to, uh, the other thing as well. So there's an assessment at the end of the course, you get your, your certificate, you know, that covers you for insurance, you get CECs. Um, Travis watches the videos as well and mm-hmm. gives specific feedback mm-hmm. on it. And a lot of people um, don't like doing the video, but it's kind of like, uh, like there's a couple things going on there. Age is videoing yourself is good. Mm-hmm. That's what, if you like, uh, I've learned heaps from myself, just videoing myself. And I'm like, oh shit, that's how I look. I thought I was doing it right. I'm not doing it right. Let me go and fix it up. So I think it's a good thing um, to video yourself. Uh, Trev, did you want to touch on that at all? Yeah, I think um, it's, it's, yeah, like people, you know, some people like to not, work out not... in front of a mirror to, to look at themselves, right? And, yeah. you know, what, what, what you're supposed to be doing if you are in front of a mirror is not just looking at your guns. You're supposed to be making sure you're doing the doing it, the, the movement correctly. And this but is it's no... Hard, it's harder at a mirror though. Oh, right? yeah, because, yeah, because if you, yeah, exactly, 100%. So, yeah. like, because... You you're, you're busy the doing, yeah. You you're busy doing the exercise. Yeah. You know, I'm focusing on your exercise. You know, ideally, right? Um, but yeah, if you if you're filming it, you, you're able to forget the cameras there. You're able to focus on your technique, um, and you know, realistically, then it, it allows me an opportunity to give you feedback. You know, and ideally, if you've gone through the course and stuff like that, the feedback's pretty minor. Um, you know, because ideally you're, you're moving through and doing this the, each movement correctly that you've chosen to do. So, um, yeah, it's nothing nothing too intimidating, I think. And it's not and I sorry, I who looks at it. there as well. It's, it's not a 30-minute workout, right, Trav? It's a five-minute video yeah. demonstrating a few. Five, ten-minute video, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, five or ten minutes max, I think. Um, and it, it's... It's, it's a benefit. It's not a, yeah, not a workout. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's just demonstrating, uh, you know, a swing and demonstrating a few different movements as well. And so I think, yeah, there's there's a lot of advantages in doing that yourself. You know, filming yourself and just seeing what you're doing and, and being able to identify maybe little errors you're making or, or me being able to identify errors you're making. Um, yeah, it's and I'm the one who looks at. I'm the one who I'm the one who gives you the the feedback and. Um, yeah, no, I don't bite. So yeah, it's nothing to be too scared of. But yeah, that is that is a common common feedback about people not wanting to film themselves. But realistically, what what I try to say to people and is, how, and how you you're, you're going to get up. Yeah, well, yeah, you got to get up in front of a client. Yeah, and show them you're doing this right. You, you want to know that you're on point. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it, it's it's really no different. It's it's not going out. It's not getting posted on the world wide web. It's it's literally just coming to me. Um, and, and that's it. That's the end of it. You know. So it's um yeah that that would be. It's nothing to be too nervous about, that's for sure. Awesome. Okay. So if you're interested in doing the course, I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, we've got it on special this month. Use podcast as your coupon code. Um, and also just in general, Trav, do you want to let people know, obviously the best thing for them to do is our course. Uh, what are some other resources people could go to learn about kettlebells or, or some resources where you've learned? Yeah, so I've done I've done a few different courses. I've done some stuff. I've done uh, read and watched a lot of stuff with Pavel Satsulin or something along those lines with his surname. He uh, he does a lot of the hard style kettlebell stuff. Um, he's sort of the guy who popularized kettlebells, I suppose. What's, what's done some stuff because you you pa- said it pretty quick for the people that, that haven't heard Pavel of- Pavel Satsulin, I believe S T blah 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 L I N E. Uh, Russian guy, um, part of was part of Dragon Door. I think he's part of Strong First now. Uh, is the the company um, very sort of Russian heavy? Um, you know, like old school approach. Is he the um, guy that was in the Rocky movie? Trap is that him? <laughs> I have no idea. Not that I know of. Okay. Could have been that, that um, eagle eagle guy in Rocky Three. Was that? Was that... <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what he's um, like, though, right? Yeah, he's pretty pretty hard. Um, and then there's um, Steve Cotter. Uh, I've done some stuff with him when I was in the states. It was really good. Um, so yeah, there are there are things like that. Again, a lot of it is workouts as opposed to coaching. Mm. Uh, um, you know, Eric Leisure does some cool workout options. They're kind of cool, a um, bit funky. Um, he is part of the Onnit team. He's Primal Swolger, I believe is his handle. Um, and there's a few other. Yeah, Jeff Jeff Newpont does some pretty cool workouts as well. Um, and Eric Wildman. Eric Wildman's another resource on YouTube uh, who does some pretty cool workouts as well with kettlebells. 
Um, most of them are, are workouts, and Eric Wyman goes into some programming stuff. Uh, he does some pretty cool programming stuff, actually. Um, yeah, there, there'd be some other resources that you can get out on, on YouTube as well and um, get some information. Uh, most of them are workouts. Oh, Caveman Training is another one. I believe Caveman Training does some, some cool stuff on YouTube. Uh, but again, predominantly it's just workouts. You know, like, and they've probably all got their own little courses as well that they sell. Um, all of those are international. Um, whether or not you that makes a difference for you is a different story. But yeah, there, there are a few resources that you might be able to use. Awesome. All right. Well, I think um, that's all I wanted to get through, Trav. Is there anything you wanted to finish us off with? It looks like your screen's frozen, so I might just cut you off. Thank you for listening. If you liked this show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Well, check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.